Welcome back to another great edition of Talking Tigs. Uh, I'm Scott tonight. I'm Scott Gerard, and joining me tonight for the 131st time, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, good to do it again with you guys again. Uh, had a pretty good Super Bowl. I don't know which side you, you know, you're pulling for, but, uh, you know, if you were pulling for an LSU player, you were lucky. They, you know, a couple won. Uh, but the the Rams outlast the Bengals 23 to 20, dashing the hopes of a lot of, you know, LSU fans that were probably pulling for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, uh, and that whole connection. Uh, I don't know. It was a good game overall, I think. Uh, but we also have LSU basketball. They have turned it around this week, much to my chagrin. Uh, it looks like all I had to do is say I don't believe in them anymore. And, you know, we'll wait there to prove me wrong. Uh, they had two straight against A&M and Mississippi State. Uh, we'll look at that. We'll look at their upcoming schedule and uh, anything else that kind of comes down the pike here. But before we do, I wanted to check in with you guys. Hope you had a good, well, I guess, a, a good Valentine's Day. Um, I don't know if you had any hot plans. Feel free to talk about it if you want to, Daniel. Uh, but if not, <laughs> hope you had a good week. Otherwise, how y'all doing? Doing well. Uh, yeah, big exciting weekend with the Super Bowl and all the extravagance on that, like you had mentioned, is really, I mean, close, exciting game to watch. A little bit disappointed in the outcome, which we'll get into. Uh, but overall, doing doing good. Had a good Valentine's Day. I uh, just went out to, to dinner with the girlfriend. That was about it. Nothing too crazy. And then uh, got some Mardi Gras stuff coming up this weekend. So that's big as well. But uh, yeah, and then LSU basketball is rolling along and then we're going to hop into baseball season here, I think at the end of the podcast. So that's something to look forward to as well. Yeah. It's good to be here. Uh, good to be with you, Scott. Uh, last night I probably, I went to bed promptly at like eight o'clock and pretty much slept until <laughs> seven in the morning. So um, had no plans really, but other than that um, kind of depressing Super Bowl. wish it'd gone the other way. Still kind of down about it, uh, but happy to talk about it with you. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, it did seem kind of like a little disappointment, you know, if you were pulling for the Bengals, which I think most of us were, at least in some regard. But I, you know, I definitely wanted them to win outright. I thought it had been really good for, I don't know, just the game. Uh, I just didn't really care for the Rams personally. Also, didn't feel like a team should. I don't know. I, if, if there was a team that I wanted to win the home field advantage obviously I would have wanted that to be the Saints but that didn't happen uh but I mean I, I really did like SoFi Stadium I hadn't seen it before really but it's it's really nice stadium and complex I mean I, I think I kind of know where it is in LA uh, hmm. according to where, where they where they say it is in Inglewood um I thought it was a good game you know I I personally enjoyed the halftime show I don't know if anyone did but yeah the game the game itself I tell you man it's uh it I don't know. It was, it was just interesting, uh, you know, cause it's watching it. It was just kind of hard to think like, wow, these, you know, this, like the, the Bengals, that was the best team out of the AFC and the Rams. This was the best team out of the NFC. I don't know. I bet if, if two other teams would have played, it might've been a, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Maybe, maybe it's just the two teams that were in there, but um, the Rams were kind of, I don't know. It seemed like the Bengals just took a while to get going, I guess. Uh, but they did eventually get going. They took the lead in the second half, um, kind of came back, took over. And I tell you what, man, if you want to 
I, I think a lot of people will probably say that uh, the Bengals kind of lost this one, maybe off some bad calls, but I, I don't know. I think the one thing that stood out to me more than any bad calls were the fact that the Bengals set a record or tied a record for like sacks. Sacks, yeah. Burrow sack like seven times. I just, I, I just don't see how you can can win if that's if that's the stat. And then it's like the the game's on the line, and you got one yard. You need one yard, and you're gonna. We're running up against that Rams defensive line, particularly Aaron Donald. I, I that don't was know. the weirdest call. You're talking about third and the third and one call. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and to, to even it's one thing if you're going to hand it to uh, to your you know your bell cow running back, but you give it to P Ryan or whatever, whoever the, the second string guy. You're not even giving it to Joe Mixon. Yeah, I, know. I mean P Ryan's a big guy. He he can. You can bowl over a lot of people, but yeah, I, I understand. It was just a weird call. You know, I guess it goes back to like that Pete Carroll call in the Super Bowl. It's like you got you have you have uh, Marshawn Lynch, and you're going to try and throw it on third and one. You know, uh, yeah. same thing. It's like you could second guess that, but I I don't know. Um, it, it doesn't matter because. I mean, they they should never have really been in that spot to begin with. Well, that's what I was about to say. You know, Scott, you were saying it felt kind of weird because you're like, you know, you watch the game and you say, "Are they? Is this really the best team that?" that these, yeah. The, and it's actually like, well, like objectively, no. <laughs> the Bengals are not the best team that the AFC had to offer, but I think that anybody would agree they were the hottest team. Um, sure. And and even they outplayed expectations the entire the entire postseason, and I think they, I mean. Gosh, it's just so painful because they really almost want, they really came close to winning that game at the end of the, they almost, you know what I mean? Just one and a half year, you can't even say second year Joe Burrow because he didn't play a full for full rookie season. One and a half year Joe Burrow almost won the Super Bowl pretty much on him by himself, him and Jamar Chase with some help from Joe Mixon. Um, if he if he'd had a somewhat of an offensive line, I think he I think that game ends a lot differently, and it makes especially for me it was painful to watch because you know we all we all root for him so bad, and, and you know you know you're right, Scott. There there are a lot of good LSU players like Odell and Andrew Whitworth on the Rams, but I don't know. I feel like you're kind of watching the Rams. It's almost like watching the Dodgers or the or um the lakers where they they just buy buy all the talent they can get and then just say well we have to win us we have to win a championship now um i would have really liked to see cincinnati pull it out and and what scares me a little bit is you know if, if this was everybody kept at the end of the game everybody kept saying oh well you know what joe's young like look this is, this is if this is what he did in year two well imagine what he can do going on but i think we all like we all agree like well, no, they didn't. They didn't get there because, oh wow, this is such a young, hot team, phenomenal talent, and and everybody just kind of sleeps on them. No, they they really just got hot at the right time, and uh, and won games they needed to win at the very end of the season at the end in, in the playoff. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think that we're watching. No, I, I think Burrow is every bit as good as as any other quarterback, but I don't think that this team is like watching the chiefs of like five and six years ago where they would get to the afc championship and they couldn't win so um i I, you know i I do worry that maybe this was one of burrow's really good chances because everything just the stars aligned for for this for that cincinnati team to get all the way 
Um, because if they don't put together a lot of talent for him, like, uh, especially if they don't put together, I was talking to a, uh, a friend of mine uh, who's in the coaching profession and um, you know, we both agreed, like if they don't put together def- of course, you don't even have to be in the coaching profession to realize this defensive backs and offensive linemen, it doesn't really matter you know, what happens continuing because they won't be able to win um, at least not consistently. Uh, let's hope that, let's hope that this shows the organization that, that, Hey, like, look what we have here and they'll, and they'll invest in it. Uh, but it, it's going to be, it's going to be an uphill battle, I think with the roster as it is now. Yeah. As far as the pure kind of game entertainment value, this is probably the closest and like best one to watch in a number of years. Oh, yeah. I was looking at the list probably since uh, the Eagles beat the Patriots, like in the high scoring game when Nick Foles caught the touchdown pass at the end. Uh, but you had plenty of exciting moments like Joe Mixon throwing a touchdown pass uh, the like 80 yard touchdown to T Higgins that they probably could have called the face mask on him. So people are saying the Bengals can't really complain about the penalties at the end when they could have taken that one back from them or like the, the last drive when Matthew Stafford, like force feeding Cooper cup again and again. And uh, Eli Apple got burnt to a crisp. We all as saints fans, we knew this was going to happen uh, with Eli Apple. Like he's going to cause you some liabilities on the defensive side of the ball. And it, came to fruition against the best wide receiver in the league uh, in the clutch moment. And they, they pulled it out. And like you were saying, Tommy, you feel bad uh, for Burrow and Chase and the rest of the team um, because yeah, like, I mean, they were 10 and seven in the regular season. They weren't lighting the world on fire. Uh, hopefully they can take this momentum and channel it into to future seasons, have a good draft. They didn't put themselves in great draft positions. That's, that's the worst. This is now they're drafting 31. Uh instead of five, like they did last year, I guess if you're a Cincinnati fan, you take a Super Bowl appearance when they hadn't won a playoff game in 30 something years. Uh, but it, it was a fun Super Bowl. The halftime show was good with Snoop Dogg and all that. Um, and I was proud of the LSU players on both sides. But uh, I think just the collective Louisiana conscience was cringing at the end because they, they wanted to, to see Joe take it home because like, that's what that we saw him do three years ago for LSU. And it would just been kind of the, the perfect harmony for them to, to do it in the Super Bowl as well. But uh, we'll see again what happens next year uh, as we enter the long football off season. Yep. Yep. And Joe would have been the first player to win a Heisman, a national championship and a Super Bowl. And all this, you know, it came on the heels of, you know, NFL Awards Week, which, like, the Tigers kind of cleaned up. You know, Joe Burrow won the Comeback Player of the Year. Jamar Chase won Offensive Rookie of the Year. And Andrew Wentworth won the NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So it was just quite a week building up to this even. Um, And there's also the Pro Bowl, which I didn't didn't even really watch it, to be honest with you guys. Yeah. I know it was in Vegas. It was supposed to be better this year, but I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. know there's some Tigers in that as well. Probably did good, but I just didn't watch it. Um, but I don't know. Just as far as the Bengals, man, it's just, it felt like, like, like I was, like we were talking about how, like, is this the Bengals the best? Maybe not, but they, you know, they got there this year. Mm-hmm. I guess that's my thing is it is so hard to get there. Just, you know, just ask Patrick Mahomes because you were thinking, Oh my God, he's you know he's is he going to be competing every year? Well, no, because this year Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat him in, in in Kansas City, so it's just it's just so hard to repeat, even if you even if you have a home game, you know, just to get back there. But uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if the Bengals if that was their one opportunity. Hopefully, it isn't. Um, but I you know if I'm the Bengals, I'm spending all my draft picks on linemen and cornerbacks, like you said, yeah. uh, somebody to protect Burrow because it was just. 
kind of painful to watch, you know, just when he, no, the worst thing was when he went down with that, what, what looked like he could have retorn his ACL. I yeah. Mean, they roll the knee spot, up and then right? they zoom in on his face and he's like screaming oh, in pain. Gosh, I felt that one in my knee. I mean, and, and of course, like you're going to get hit. This is, this is football. It's a violent game. It's the most violent game, but, uh, but but he should not like you said Scott he should not be tying and even breaking sack records in the in the Super Bowl with your franchise quarterback it's just outrageous but yeah. you know I, I will say and, and this is not to this is not to discount Jamar Chase by any means because obviously he's straight up electric and he's like pretty much the best wide receiver in the league maybe but um you know, this is they they invested in him. They didn't invest in in uh, offensive linemen last year. So hopefully they can retool. Let's yeah, like like you said, Daniel. Now now you you got your you got your skill players. Go get some protection. Exactly, exactly. Because uh, if if you even want to make it back, you, you got to be able to protect your bro. Because uh, like you said, if you if he re-injured his knee, same knee last night. I don't know. I mean, they, they wouldn't have had a chance in that game. Uh, but like moving forward, it's like how many how many operations can can one knee or even one body take? You know, um, even if it is a different need next time, it's it's just you know it's just hobbling the guy. Uh, you got to protect him point blank. Uh, you just you're just not going to have a chance, and you're going to waste the years that you would have had because you you finally got a draft picked a number one draft pick that you can build around. Mm-hmm. So you can't build around him if, he, if he's having his foundation knocked off from underneath him, you know? Anyway, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any more from the game? Tommy, did you, uh, I don't know. How'd you guys do on any uh, prop bets? On any wagers? Um, yeah. All my wagers were on the Bengals. So let's not talk about it. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> Nothing else on the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Um, Rams got their their win that they wanted with all their star power, uh, the underdogs. I'd seen this kind of funny graphic. It was like Matthew Stafford, underdog to champion. And I was like, was he really an underdog? He was a number, number one, one overall, overall pick. Overall pick. Yeah. Like huge free agent signing uh, with LA. They were favored in the game by four and a half points. I guess you, if you toil away in Detroit for like nine years, then you can kind of build that Honorary reputation. underdog status. <laughs> Whether you want it or not. But I was like, huh, this is kind of weird. I kind of I kind of do like him though. I will say, I kind of, I, I, I like Matt Stafford. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard, crazy hard to me. Like I remember him playing. It was like him and No Sean Marino and AJ Green at Georgia. And uh wasn't it it was AJ Green there too? Or was that a little bit after it? Was uh, that honestly, Aaron Murray? Yeah, yeah. Uh I don't remember. But I know it was him and No Sean. Um okay. yeah. Matt Stafford. And and so it's crazy that he's yeah, he's still there. So or still playing football. I know, right? Because he, he went to Detroit and it's like he was doing well. It's just he never really heard about Detroit as a team, so he just didn't really hear about Stafford. Meanwhile, he's probably been accumulating all these numbers. And uh, I don't know, I, I saw something where Sean McVay like specifically wanted to go after him. Uh, and he got his guy and they won. Well, go yeah, of course, he, of course, he originally got his guy with Jared Goff, who he like traded up to get. And then he <laughs> was like, I guess he's not my guy and traded him away. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, um, 
Moving on to uh, to LSU basketball, men's basketball, kind of turned things around this week with two straight wins. First one uh, being on the road at A&M. They won 60, excuse me, they won 76 to 68, sweeping the Aggies. And I, I don't know, I think that's like seven straight or something like that against the Aggies. Uh, and what was amazing about this is, it, it seemed like the the old team, you know, the team we knew for the first 15 games or whatever, when they went 15 and 0, 15, one, whatever, it seemed like they were back. Like they were up, gosh, was it like 20 points, you know, like right before halftime. So mm-hmm. you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> this looks like the team we recognized months ago. Uh, and they, they look great and they got the win. Um, but then, you know, they, they had the, the home game against Mississippi state and I think they look good mostly to start. They, you know, they had a 15 point lead, I think, at one point. Uh, but then I don't know, man. Tigers just kind of went cold with the shooting. And Mississippi State slowly crawled back in it. Tigers eventually got the win, obviously, by four, 69 to 65. But uh it wasn't it wasn't a shoe in, it wasn't a slam dunk, so to speak. I don't know. Do you guys I was able to watch pretty much most of both games. Uh definitely tell of tell a different games uh this week um but i don't know um i'll start with you uh daniel uh i don't know if you if you if you were to have money on the tigers you know you had a good week you had a, two wins uh different wins though but because of you know it is the tigers and it is a totally two game stretch and they almost lost to Mississippi State. Well, you know, that's putting it dramatically. But, you know, they, they definitely should have won by more. Like, would you just take your winnings and see where LSU goes from here? Or do you parlay thinking, yeah, LSU's back. I'm going to put it, I'm going to go double or nothing this week on these next two. I think it's good stepping stones. I don't want to go all the way back whipsawing onto the bandwagon after they had gone one and six the previous seven games. Uh this is decent opposition and it feels really good to get two W's uh, on the, on the table for LSU against decent teams. Like I said, A&M much more complete game. Uh, Mississippi state uh, actually was at that game the whole time. It was a fun one to go to, uh, but LSU got out to a big lead and then they kind of did their typical thing. Just letting the other team wind them back in with turnovers and missed free throws and fouls. Both games were pretty much foul fiestas, which we've come to expect from LSU basketball this season. I think the the big story was the reinjection of Xavier Pinson mm-hmm. back into the offense. He had said that the first couple of games against I think Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, where he like tried to come back and played a few minutes, that wasn't really him. Uh, but he got big time minutes against uh, both games this week, and I think it facilitated the offense a lot better. He didn't have the best game scoring either way, but uh, just distribution of the ball and giving Eric Gaines some time on the bench to to rest and so where. I think that cut down on our turnover percentage as well, uh, which has kind of plagued us in, in the cold patch. So he, he helped a lot. And then the, the biggest beneficiary of his presence was Tari Eason, who put up two big games. I think he had 25 points in the first and 23 in the second. Uh, he's back to his dominating ways, especially inside out now. He had a lot of three-point shots. Uh, and when he adds that dimension to his game, it's very hard to stop. Uh, especially late in the game, he threw down dunk after dunk against Mississippi State that got the crowd roaring. Um, and then, yeah, they, they closed the game out. Thankfully, it was close at the end with all free throws and all that. 
Uh, but just a, a good place to start. They got Georgia this week, who's I think one in 11 in SEC play. So theoretically we beat them handily. And then South Carolina, who's decent. Uh, so if we can rock, roll off four in a row here, that'll be big going in some tough stretch down the road with Kentucky, Bama and uh, Arkansas. So uh, obviously a good week and I wouldn't pop the champagne yet, but it seems that a little bit of uh, progress has been made. Well, we kind of lucked out. We only play Auburn once this year. Yeah, the, the basketball scheduling is kind of weird. I think they make it so you play everybody in the league once and then uh, like half the teams twice or something like that. Huh. But I guess it, I guess West and there's no distinction between West and no, East. No, not really that I'm aware of. Um, huh. Anyways, well, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I agree, Daniel. I think that these are two good, good steps, but uh, we kind of, we dug ourselves into a hole mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think we're out of it yet. <laughs> so um, let's see, you know, like, like you said, Georgia, it's not a very good team. Uh, I think that we should, we should beat them, but you know what? We should have beaten Ole Miss and we should have beaten Vanderbilt and we didn't. So um, especially with, with the way our team's been playing the past, you know, a couple of weeks, we can't say, Oh, this is, a- oh, this is ours. We're just going to go walk in there and win. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can instantly tell the difference between uh, it's night and day with, a healthy Xavier Pinson or even a somewhat healthy, um, you know, uh, Pinson on the court because he really is a, the facilitator that this, this team needs. Um, he's able to run the point and, and get everybody set up and, and distribute and really, like you said, make plays for Tari's and make and make uh, good passes and, and give him uh, put him in the right position. So I'm excited for it. I was glad we got the wins, but I'm not, uh, I don't think I'm going to put a lot of money on them going, going forward. Maybe, maybe, maybe once we see them play Kentucky again, then we'll, that's the real litmus test. I feel like. Right. So you wouldn't parlay at this point. I would not. Yeah. I, I don't think I would either. Uh, I would see how this week goes. Uh, I mean, you guys seem to think that Georgia and South Carolina are not the most formidable in the sec. I, I would agree with you. Although they have been kind of pesky. Uh, I think Georgia was, they were horrible to start the season. They were the first ones that uh, I think took Alabama out and they kind of started them on a, on a downward trend. Uh, South Carolina has been, been kind of pesky as well. Uh, playing a lot of good teams close, if not outright winning. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't think that we're out of the woods yet. I I'd say if we went one, one this week, I'd think, okay, that's okay. Could have been better, but that's okay. You just don't want to go. Oh, and two, I don't think they will. But uh, two and zero this week would be, I, I think, overachieving based on what we've seen. I'd be, I'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, like you said, after that, they got they have to go to Kentucky, uh, and then we would have Mizzou at home, uh, and then I think we finish up with uh, two ranked teams as it stands now: Arkansas and Alabama. Uh, both obviously not gimme games since we lost to both of them already. But um, I don't know. I think. See, we'll just see how this week goes. UGA and South Carolina. I think they can win both. I just think it's more likely that they might just win one. Uh, yeah. We'll see, though. I think uh, big picture, we talked about it last week. The kind of overall target is to finish at least like 500 in SEC play. And we're yeah. six and six right now. So we need to split the last six, three and three. Uh, so these games this week are obviously the ones that you want to chalk up um, with the, the tougher teams down the stretch. And then if you finish that season nine and nine in SEC play, you're looking at, I think we're projected around a six seed in the tournament right now, uh, not 
the three or even two that we were kind of hoping for back when we were 12 and 0. Uh, but it'll protect you from playing the absolutely elite teams right off the bat. But also those losses against Ole Miss and Vanderbilt really sting in the SEC and NCAA tournament seeding times because now in the SEC tournament you're playing Tennessee or Alabama in the second round instead of Ole Miss or somebody like that. Uh, and that really hurts your chances to, to make a deep run. Uh, but we'll see uh, if we can catch fire at the right time and uh, just go from there. Yeah, I think that's that's what it's all about. It's catching fire at the right time. Uh, I remember a few years ago when they won the tournament, man, it was just right right at the right time, man. They, they just they gelled and they caught fire. It seems like this team has the ability to do that. Um, I'd say there's only one game left on the schedule that I think – Ah, I just don't, even, even if we're firing on all cylinders, uh, and that'd be the Kentucky game only because Mm -hmm. ever since we first played them, like in we won, uh, you know, back when we had our stuff together, uh, Kentucky has gotten a lot better. Yeah. And, uh, I just don't know if that game would be quite the same if we, you know, if we play them again, especially at their house. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm like very tempted to hedge my bets, although I feel like the Tigers, there's only one definite loss maybe moving forward, you know, maybe two, but it's like they, they could win the majority of these games and put themselves in a real good position. Depends what they do after that. But uh, I, I don't know. It feels like they're starting to trying to find that, that old, uh, what do you call it? Juju that they had mojo. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're thinking mojo. You know, it's like they almost had that early season mojo that they had. They're trying to find it. I think that's what Will Wade's talking about when he's saying, you know, I just, I'm not worried about this team yet. So he feels like they can attain it again. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, if they can find exactly what they had. Because what they had earlier was amazing. Uh, if they can get, you know, like even 80, 90% back of that, uh, I think they'd be in a good position to go into the postseason. But, um, I don't know, any other uh, – we didn't sign anybody else, did we? I don't think so. I think it's mostly quiet on the LSU football front yeah. this week. Um, yeah, not not too much going on with football. I just know that I think they're they're uh, you know starting some some practice uh, activities, but nothing formal. And and then I think spring spring practice got moved back to like later in April. So those are the two two things on football I've got. But uh, baseball does start this this Friday first first game. That's true. LSU but, baseball playing a three game series against Maine. <laughs> Go Black Bears! <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, by the way, they, I didn't know they had a college. <laughs> Daniel, I wanted to ask you. You said you were at the game. Oh wait, no wait. That must have. I, th- I think that was women's LSU women's basketball. They had a game where they had a gumbo pot, like. Yes, that was against Mississippi State. Um, I don't really know where it came from, but like around halftime, it was basically just a big like stainless steel, like a cylinder, but like cut in half uh-huh. with the LSU logo on front on the front. And Mike was wearing like camo overalls and he was in there with a the big like gumbo. The ore. Yeah, the big ore. And he was they were shooting free throws and he was banging the ore on the side of the uh the gumbo pot and it was making a real lot, lot of racket. And then eventually like all the cheerleaders were piling in there. They were wearing the cones on their head and stuff. I don't really know who came up with this idea. It was kind of funny. And oh, and they would like have kind of smoke machine like coming out of it. So it was like somebody was steaming up. But it was almost like we were cooking ourselves, which is kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it was kind of funny, yeah. 
Oh, right on. I, I, that's cool that they did it with the men's. I wasn't sure. I, I know that they maybe it was the women's game that I'm thinking of, but they had like when they introduced this huge gumbo pot. They had LSU's last gymnastic coach, the yeah, Dee Dee Bro. Yeah, she exactly. Was in, she was they in the had pot her as pop well. out of it. They had yeah. her pop out of it. Just see that? Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that was actually at the men's game because I saw that on the on the, the broadcast. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's going on with these LSU basketball games? It looks like a fun environment. They're trying to boost it up to Auburn's, you think? Yeah. Well, there's that. And then, of course, they've got all this all this general stuff, the mm-hmm. general right. motif of Will Wade. So yeah. um, they're definitely – you know, he actually has – Will Wade has a, uh, has a graduate or a student worker um, that he, he, like, created this position of basically the, the hype man. And, like – he it's a student worker he's an undergrad and will wade would like tell him like okay like i want you to go like go buy some silly string and like we're gonna do a silly string day or like he's got all like he'll just tell him like we want we really we really need a big crowd for tonight and like we want to do this as a theme or this is the theme um so like there's somebody on staff for lsu basketball whose whole whole job is is to to you know really hype up the student section and and maybe his maybe it's his idea to make this pot and yeah they've played into it too like they give out the student section kind of phone like tri-corner generals hats and then at the beginning when they announce the lineup they're like you're commander-in-chief the general <laughs> will wait oh, and he's just funny. kind of standing there sipping his gatorade <laughs> right yeah and i've seen him uh he's taken on this persona you know as far as promotion like he'll wear this hat and promote men's basketball women's bat, whatever yeah uh so i mean it's cool that he's a part of it and i can tell they're like they're trying to get this this crowd like they, they want a crowd atmosphere there because they feel like it can help you know uh I, I heard this quote this week where will wade said when he got when he got to lsu you know they they looked at basketball as kind of like a bridge between football and baseball mm-hmm. and he He's like, I, I, I don't want that. I want, I want basketball to be its own thing. So yeah, I, I can see what he's trying to do. Because if you, if you can make it a good environment for yourself, just think like if it got him like three extra wins, you know, that that can be a difference maker. You know, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're a bubble team, that'll get you in a tournament, or just you know, it's just put you on the map. You know, if they're very good quality wins. So, uh, who can blame the guy? I mean, if if this <laughs> persona is thrust upon you. Hey, uh, they think you're like a French general or something. All right, let's go with it. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give me the hat. I'll do a promo. Screw it. Might as well, right? Yeah. Uh, well, good for him. Um, we got uh, kind of sidetracked. We're going back to the baseball. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we can. Um, yeah, I mean, it, just speaking of the intern and the the work, whatever, uh, got me thinking about the Auburn situation, which is just. I don't know. Totally bizarre. I wanted to ask you guys oh, about that is, it. So, supposedly, you know, that's not even true now. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's staying on board. Nothing really happened. It's like, where did it come from? Just certain people behind the scenes wanted him out. So they supposedly it's the Yellowwood guy, you know, like the guy. So at Auburn, like the number one booster for the football program, or I guess all the programs is the, is the, the family that created Yellowwood, like, mm. you know, like the treated wood company. Yeah. And supposedly they did not like Brian Harson. And I don't know why, because I'm pretty sure they were the ones who who funded the the buyout of of Gus Malzahn, and I'm sure had a say in hiring him. But they didn't like it, and uh, and then like this whole like thing with the with the intern or or the assistant, the executive assistant to the coach, is who came from Boise State. This is attractive 
you know, woman or, or girl, um, they tried to like say that he was having an affair with her, but it's supposedly it's all fake. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? Like, how do you get a guy fired off of, off of fake news? I mean, they, they, I wouldn't say almost did, but I mean, Auburn, they definitely had Auburn looking at it. You know, they had oh, to wonder no, yeah. if the coach was going to go to the SEC uh, coaches meetings. Uh, I mean, he did, he came back from vacation and went, but it's just a weird situation. How do you coach for them? How do you continue to like, I would like, how do you, know. you know, spend 18 hours a day at the, at the Auburn practice facility, breaking down film and recruiting when it's like, yeah, like these people tried to like fake, get me fi- fake me fake, like a scandal to get me fired. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I don't know. I guess if I really wanted the job and I knew, all right, well, my job's safe now. I'd be like, all right, well, FM, I'm here, buddy. Do what guess, you want. Yeah. I'm going to go Although win at that point, Don't you kind of just want him to like, well, I mean, you don't want him to, but like almost like you could get your buy, you know, just take your buyout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go make $18 million, just not do anything. Like Coach O'Dron. Like Coach O. <laughs> People yeah. talking about Coach O to Bama rumors. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Like, like, he, he, he shot that down. Bama D line, yeah. He said he said, I'll never, I'll never coach for them or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh let's uh we, we talked about baseball, so we did want to mention that. LSU's opening up their season at the box this weekend against Maine, three-game series to start it off. Um, you know, kind of like basketball, they'll play a few of those before they really get into the SEC schedule. But a lot of anticipation, a lot of anticipation around this, um, mostly because, you know, just the the talent that LSU has coming back. It's Jay Johnson's first year. Uh, I don't know, we're kind of expecting a lot. Um not just from him, you know, because, uh, you know, he's considered a very good coach in his own right. Uh, but I mean, he was doing fine at Arizona, led them to the PAC 12 title and a birth to the college world series this past year, uh, before he was hired at, at LSU. And I, I think the good thing about him is he, he understands what's expected here. Like he, he was watching LSU from afar as he was, uh, you know, getting along in his career and he he understands what's at stake and what, what, like what the tradition of the program is. And LSU has a a really good roster right now. Like they have three right now, three um, like preseason all Americans, I think in uh, uh, Jacob Berry, Dylan Cruz and uh, Trey Morgan. And I don't know what their pitching is going to look like. I think that was the biggest question mark because we knew we were, they were going to have some some hitting power. Uh, and I, I don't know. That's still the case. You know, they have Gavin Dugas also. He's going to be wearing number eight. Um, I, I think LSU is going to be fine offensively. You know, back in the years uh, before Maneri retired, I think the offense, it was good in spots. It wasn't just, it just wasn't consistent in you know, every game. Kind of like the pitching, although I feel like the pitching is, was starting to solidify itself a little bit. You know, as long as they just had like three solid starters. So that's the thing is this season, if they're going to have three solid starters, I think they will. Uh, I don't know if they've named their starter for this weekend yet, but um, I, I think as long as LSU has at least three good game day starters, um, you know, you, you could definitely see them in Omaha. This yeah, year. Uh, I agree with you. The pitching is, I think, everybody's question mm-hmm. going through the – 
kind of winter ball. I mean, we lost our top three pitchers in Jaden Hill, um, AJ Labus, and Landon Marceau last year. And the only person we still have on the staff with kind of any significant starting experience is Mikhail Hilliard. So he's probably penciled in as one of the weekend starters, at least at this point. And then everything else is mostly a mystery. So I think that's going to be the story of the first couple of weekends against these uh, mid-major teams is to see how Jay Johnson experiments and, and tweaks his rosters and, and pitching lineups. Um, people are saying Devin Fontenot, who's the sa- uh, almost said the safety, um, the closer last year, like could step into a starting role. Um, others like Blake money was a reliever who could throw as well. We had like Javen Coleman and Will Helmers who got a little bit of work, especially around tournament time last year when we were quite thin. So people are going to need to step up there. The hitting is going to be our forte. I think about six of the hitting starters are pretty much locked in with a few ones like an outfield and catcher, I think, especially a bit up for grabs, but I look to see, more offense across the board for LSU this year. Um, the one thing everybody wants is to not have basically three guaranteed outs at the bottom of the lineup like we did last year with people hitting <laughs> hitting 100. Um, so when you go <laughs> seven, eight, nine, you, you just well, you wipe them off the board. Uh, and Jay Johnson's known for his his hitting at Arizona, so that'll be their focus as well. So I'm excited for the baseball. I may not be able to watch all the games this weekend, but um, especially as it as it ramps up, um, I mean we'll be we'll be talking that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited. I'm excited to get, it's almost, it's almost like, uh, you know, I was super excited to get basketball season started off because of how, how, uh, everything just seemed to be shaping up really well. I feel the same thing for this baseball team. Now, of course it didn't really, it's not really working out this the way we thought it would for the basketball team. Hopefully baseball is a little bit different, but we've got so much talent on this team. I know, like you said, Daniel, there are a lot of questions with the pitching staff. I think we'll probably get those figured out. Um, we had a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of youth on that team last year yeah. with the, and really where we had the the good age and like the experience on last year's team was the pitching staff. Now it's kind of the opposite where our pitching staff is a lot younger and, le- and less experienced, but we've got a lot of, um, you know, meaningful uh, experience uh, through our, through our entire lineup almost. Um I, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm just anxious to see him. I want to see that. I want to see that one, two, three, like you said, of Morgan, uh, Cruz and Barry, because yeah. supposedly, I mean, that, you know, I don't know if you're gonna be able to find much better, um, a, a better one through three or, or depending on how they put them, you know, maybe they put them, uh, have maybe do guys, you know, play, uh, lead off. And then you go, you know, two, three, four. Um, but regardless, that's a, that's a, a pretty formidable lineup for, uh, from the top half of the order. And I'm excited to see them, them, uh, you know, swing the stick. Yeah. Yeah. Now who knows? Maybe they swing it so well that, uh, you know, LSU, you know, can get by with like only two starters, two and a half, whatever. Um, you know, their offense is just so formidable. You know I mean? If the LSU football team can get by without a quarterback and almost win a championship, you know, certain years, certainly, baseball team can do it um but just looking ahead at the season as a whole um uh, i saw this stat check this out so lsu is going to play almost half of its regular season schedule uh it's a 56 game season they're going to play 24 games against teams that participated in the uh ncaa baseball tournament wow. last year yeah it's some uh, some stiff competition um and like Next, not this weekend, obviously, but the um, the following weekend. Uh, actually, no, it's two weekends from now. Sorry, um, 
starting on March 4th, they're going to be playing in like a, uh, it's a Shriners hospital, uh, call it the college classic. They're going to be playing actually in uh, Minute Maid Park in Houston um, against, uh, you know, some big 12 teams. They're playing Oklahoma on a Friday, Texas the next day, and then Baylor, I think on Sunday. So uh, they were going to be playing some, you know, some, some good programs and uh, different conferences early. Isn't so Texas I, supposed to be pretty good this year? I yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think they're, I yeah. think they're pretty highly rated. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to see how they fare against uh, the, these other other programs in another conference early on, you know, it's not just Maine, uh, no offense to Maine at all, but uh, you know, like you said, Texas, you know, they're expecting big things out of them. So we'll get to see how they fare against teams like that early on, which will be good. You know, I, I think uh, getting tested early oh. <laughs> is good. Um, Confirm Texas is ranked preseason number one. <laughs> so yeah, they are go. pretty good this year. <laughs> yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> I, I thought we were, it's saying that we're number 10. I thought we were higher than that. I think the the rankings can kind of differ depending on what site you're on. I don't know if there's any definitive at this point. Yeah. This is baseball America, but I mean the the heavy hitters: Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Florida, Arkansas. They're all still Virginia. up there. Yeah. Um, and so LSU's going to schedule any SEC schedule in baseball is always a gauntlet. Yeah. The the talent in college baseball has really migrated to the SEC as a whole. Um, so yeah, I mean we saw it last year when we were really struggling, kind of in the, the middle to late third of the season, um, in the meat of that schedule. So if we can improve on that, especially uh, later in the season, then good to go. Amen. Uh, so we'll definitely keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll be excited to see how they do this weekend because we're going to have that uh, that recap for you next week. Well, you know, along with the uh, the two Tigers basketball games this week. Oh, do you guys have anything else or will that do it? Uh, it'll pretty much do it for us. I think that's a good wrap up in a little while since our last pod, we had to delay because of the Super Bowl. Um, so hopefully our listeners won't be too upset about that, but uh, we'll be back with it for y'all soon. Tommy, anything else? Final uh, words? Any wisdom? Wisdom. Um, you know, I just think that I, uh, think that's a good pod <laughs> what, what <laughs> insight <laughs> you can only get that on talking to that's you. really what you can get it's, you know, yeah this is, this is well, a good pod and if you if the listeners have made it this far then they know it was a good pod so that kind of is wisdom because it's true right on uh maybe next week y'all you guys can give us maybe a little bit of insight on uh on mardi gras since it'll be closer to like you know being in the full throes of it um because we're gonna have fat tuesday coming up uh, I don't know. I, you know, I've, I've been to a Mardi Gras before, but I, I don't know if there's any things that, uh, you know, the, the locals have that some of our listeners, I don't know. Like I've never been into a, a Mardi Gras in new Orleans. I, I kind of want to try it, although I feel like I'll regret it, but uh, maybe you guys can talk about that next week. Cause I don't know. I think it might be a little light next week. Now that, you know, the super bowl's over. Well, we got basketball and baseball is about to ramp up, but, uh, after that, lightens up. Yeah, true. <clears throat> well, right. I think – what, would you have something? No? Oh. <laughs> okay. I think that will pretty much do it for us here this time on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. We'll have some basketball recap. LSU baseball kicking things off this week. We'll recap for that as well. And anything else that comes across our desk here on Talking Tigs, we'll have it for you. But until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.